Welcome to the Brisbane Property Podcast with your hosts, Melinda and Scott Jennison from Streamline Property Buyers, your local Brisbane property specialists. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Brisbane Property Podcast. Um, bit of a chilly start to the day here in sunny Brisbane. Um, I think it got down to about six or eight degrees this morning um, and top of about 19 or 20. So there's my weather update straight away from the start. We call it cold here in um, in Brisbane. We're a little bit spoiled. Um, but jumping into today's episode, we've got a guest with us. We've got Stephen Mitchell from Bank of Queensland. Welcome. Thanks for having me. Yeah, Stephen, welcome to the Brisbane Property Podcast. Um, obviously, being in the banking system, you've got a lot of experience um, in relation to talking to buyers about financing their homes when they're purchasing, refinancing uh, properties for investment or, you know, for, for just a change in structure. So that's what we're going to dive into today. Um, into today. We're going to talk about some strategies that you're implementing with some of the clients um, and some solutions that you can provide for clients who, who may be looking to bridge the gap, for example, between selling their first home and upgrading to the next home. But um, before we get started, just to help our viewers understand a little bit more about you, um, Stephen, tell us a little bit about your background. Absolutely. So, yeah, I've had 30 years in financial services, um, including working in banks um, and uh, 15 years as a qualified financial planner, where I've also done lots of work in the SMSF space and uh, also to help people to understand what they're buying, why they're buying um, and uh, what their pitfalls are, um, how we can get them across the line into that next property. And where are you based? So based in uh, in Brisbane, uh, I, I operate out of the Eagle Street branch. Yeah. Uh, also have access to the uh, Mitchelton branch at Brookside Shopping Centre, um, but fully mobile, available after hours, before hours, on weekends, across a kitchen bench, uh, <laughs> or digitally. You don't want to tell people that too much. <laughs> so you you do also like southeast Queensland yeah, and travel around. As pretty well. much southeast Queensland is my is my space. But I do have clients uh, interstate. Um, uh, we have a system called um, Pocket Banker that allows us to uh, interview them uh, digitally uh, and even sign their documents and uh, receive all their documents digitally as well. So it's a pretty impressive background, 30 years of financial um, or experiencing financial services, and you mentioned 15 years as a financial planner. So not only are you able to provide you know, solutions that help clients with mortgage strategy, but you've also got that baseline understanding um, from your financial planning background. I'd say that's a pretty unique skill set in yeah, this industry. Absolutely. And I think, I think it helps me to look at this whole uh, process a little bit differently to just can we do a loan? It, yeah. It's can we do a loan? How should we do the loan? Who who are my network that I should be putting people in touch with to help them to get them across the line? Um, and and just structure and strategy. You know, a lot of people miss out on the structure and strategy um, because there's too much focus. I find sometimes around what's the best interest rate I can get, mm. and the interest rate's important. But if you get the structure strategy wrong doesn't matter how good the interest rate is, you're possibly going to fail. And I think I can't agree with you more in relation to what you've just said, structure and strategy. It's absolutely critical and, in fact, integral to an overall strategy for either a home buyer or an investor. And it's not just about the purchase that they're making today. It's potentially about what are their plans for the future. Um, I know as a qualified property investment advisor, you know, one of the first things that we do with our clients is to get an understanding of 
what they're wanting to achieve in the future and how does the asset that we're adding into their portfolio, whether that be a home or an investment, how does that contribute to the overall strategy long-term and the overall goals that that investor has? Because, uh, you know, the way that you structure a loan today can have implications in the future, especially from a tax perspective as well. Absolutely. It's, a, it's funny we talk about that. I actually had a, a call to a, a fellow the other day that was inquiring to chat to us and he's looking to buy an investment property, um, quite a large amount um, of investment property with his brother yeah. and go halves in it. And that was one of the conversations we had. I said, you need to be set up really well. You need to have your structure because there will be an exit. So you need to know what that's going to be and when it could be, and that could change. So you just need to make sure you're really well set up and you're really well prepared. So I think that skill set, as as we've said, and Linda mentioned that, you know, having that financial planning background, um, to me, that's gold with what you sort of do as well, um, as opposed to just looking for for interest rates, as you mentioned, so. Can I ask, I'd like to um, tackle one of the questions that we find a lot of buyers struggle to understand, and that is buyers that potentially have already purchased their first home. Um, They may have purchased their first home as a young professional couple, and then they're starting a family. So they're looking to upsize, they're looking to um, move into a family home, move into a location where they're potentially considering school catchment zones as opposed to the lifestyle that they previously had. Don't we know? Mm-hmm. Lifestyle changes when we have children. Um, the bridging discussion. Stephen, I'd love some input from you. Home buyers that, you know, are looking to upsize and they they need to sell before mm-hmm. they buy, what sort of solutions are available to them? Yeah. So, and this has come across my desk a number of times just in the last month or so where we've got people who are in exactly that position um, and they may or may not want to retain the uh, current home, um, but you know, they, they, they can look at bridging. Um, there is a, there's a, most banks will offer a bridging solution. Unfortunately, the bridging solution is often a shorter term. Uh, at a higher interest rate and uh, you know unfortunately that can put a lot of pressure on whether or not they can even get into that next property um, whether it's the best solution for them Um, i found a few of them where they've gone to other providers and brokers and haven't been able to do do it because of the fact that it just didn't work or perhaps in the case of some of the brokers they just didn't want to do that because the outcome for for them wasn't uh, wasn't beneficial. From my side, what I've been able to do is to look at that as if they were retaining that property um, and then purchase a new property. So what we've done is just to um, convert the current home into an investment property scenario for the bank, um, get a, a rental appraisal on that property. Um, use that rental appraisal towards their servicing and then do a, a new loan for the new per- purchase. So it's assessed as if they're actually keeping both, well, keeping that property as an investment and then moving into the that's, house. Yeah, that's the way I've been able to position it with the bank. Um, ultimately, it comes back to then, you know, if that customer wants to sell the property, that's fine. They can sell the property and we can then pay down the debt um, and reduce the debt on the new property for them at the time. Um, if they elect to keep it, we've already completed our servicing that they are completing it. So um, gives them the choice. That gives them the choice. Mm-hmm. You know, it's rather than putting them in a position where we've got short-term finance to get them towards a new property, and basically they're, yep, you are going to sell that property. Allow them to give them that, take that choice themselves. Yeah, that's good. And I think then that choice comes down to you know the current position then on that that existing home that they are 
looking to either retain or sell and a lot of the time that's the question that we get asked well should I sell or should I retain and you know a lot of the time obviously again it depends on everyone's personal circumstances Mm. because you know it might be um, a position that's less comfortable if they want to retain but additionally it's it's also assessing what is the debt level on the property that's being retained um, and how does that compare to the debt level on the property that's being purchased? Because remember, when you have an investment property, the debt level on an investment property is tax deductible mm-hmm. debt um, on any principal place of residence or on a family home. That is not tax deductible debt. So if you're in a position where with the first home that you've purchased, you've paid off a lot of that debt um, or even own that outright to convert that into an investment property, it's going to have tax implications mm-hmm. Um, and obviously conversations with your accountant will also help to ensure you get the right advice around whether you should keep that property or sell that to pay off the personal debt that you're going into as well. Yeah, correct. And like, and look, with a lot of the customers I've looked at, they've got a low level of debt on their current home. They've got a lot of equity in there. So we've been able to utilise the equity that's in that current home to get them into the new property. Um, from a an investment point of view, and, and I'll preface this by saying I'm not an accountant, I can't give any tax advice at all, but from an assessment point of view for tax purposes, that investment property possibly isn't isn't structured the best way for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if they were wanting to maximise their deductibility from there, they need to get um, advice around that. Um, but it does allow them to get into that property. Look, the, the point for me is... If you're going to see, to wanting to buy a property, you've got an existing property and you basically are going to the seller saying, hey, I want to buy your property subject to the sale of my property, that's not as attractive to that seller potentially as someone who walks in and says, hey, I'm conditionally approved, I just need a valuation and let's get going. Um, what I say to all my buyers is don't make the fact that you've got to sell your property the seller's mm-hmm. problem. The, the, the seller doesn't want to know about it and they don't want to be put in a position where potentially they're jeopardising their sale because your property may or may not sell. What I'm trying to do is to put that buyer in a position where they can say to the seller, I've got conditional finance, I'm ready to go. They don't need to know about you selling the property. It's Correct. got nothing to do with yeah. that. And in an environment that we've had in Brisbane recently where the buyer depth is such that for every property that becomes available for sale, there is more than one um, person that has been putting forward an offer. You simply won't be competitive on terms um, if you're going to be conditioning an offer to the sale of another property. It's just um, it would be at the bottom of the pile. And, in fact, last year, even in the market that was, you know, when there was 10 to 15 offers on every property, a seller wouldn't have even considered that type of offer. They were looking at unconditional offers or seven-day finance terms and pushing the rest aside. So, you know, we've talked about this in previous podcast episodes. It's not just about the price you pay. Um, it's also about the terms and the conditions that you're putting in with your contract offer because the seller wants certainty and the seller who has committed to sell their home doesn't want that uncertainty of knowing whether another property is going to sell or not in order for them to get a sale across the line. So um, as a buyer, it's really important to always consider the seller's position as well. And that's good advice that you've given there, Stephen. So I think with that, the bridging side, as you mentioned, Stephen, there's a lot of positives to it. If you can actually, and again, this depends on the circumstances. Absolutely. You know that. Um, if you've got a property that could become a really good investment, it's in the right location, um, obviously all those 
tax implications and all that, as Melinda mentioned. Um, but yeah, it gives you the peace of mind that you can go and look for something else. Yeah. You don't have to move out of your home straight away. So it takes all that stress away because buying homes and selling homes can be very stressful for people. Yeah. So it takes the pressure off that way. Um, you could end up with the cost of buying and selling property. Yeah. So you're avoiding that extra yeah. cost of selling the property as well. So there's a lot of positives to it yeah. if it's the right property. Um, and right location obviously gives that peace of mind for people as well. Absolutely, and and it also, you know, once you've got that property secured that you're purchasing, then you can start to talk about what do I do with this property. It's at that point maybe that you do go and talk to your accountant and look at how do I restructure this investment property to get me the best outcome. But you're not rushing into it straight away. Yeah, mm, uh, yeah. yeah. Good and that's true. And, um, you know, a conversation with your accountant, you've pointed that out again, I'm also not qualified to give advice around tax, but restructuring the ownership of an asset, um, if it is the, the home that has been retained and converted to an investment property, it is critical you get advice around that. Um, because if you're wanting to maximise the tax deductibility, it may require um, a change in ownership structure, which will be a stamp duty um, or it will trigger a stamp duty um, payment. So, again, very, very good idea to get advice if this is a strategy that you're looking to do as a home buyer that's upgrading and you're looking to retain that existing property. Um, talk to your accountant um, and get good advice around the way to structure the finance as well. First home buyers. Yeah. What's happening in that space at the moment? <laughs> yeah, lots of lots of activity I'm seeing from first home buyers at the moment. Um, one of the, the the thing I'm sort of finding with a lot of them, there's a lot of noise out there um, about what what can and can't happen. I, I had a question just recently at another presentation about you know what's different for when I was my a first home buyer to now, and it was quite interesting when I thought about it that you know basically all my advice came from mum and dad. Mm. Um, and uh, you know, if I needed a, an account, or, you know, needed a solicitor or an accountant, I had to pull out the phone book and, and find one, um, or or know one from where I was working or whatever. But you know, a lot more difficult to get the information there. A lot more reliance on mum and dad to point me in the right direction. Whereas now we've got, you know, we've got Facebook, we've got you know, Twitter, we've got whatever else on the on the internet, and there's just noise everywhere, mm. and particularly noise also from our own media about what's going on in the market. So I find it, it while there's a lot more access to the information for first home buyers, there's a lot more noise about what what needs to happen, and a lot of that noise is. Uh, potentially unhelpful for, for first-time buyers. I think there's a lot of that in general in life, isn't there? In everything, a lot yeah. of noise. <laughs> exactly. It doesn't matter what it is, is that there's noise. So, uh, you know, I, my my advice for first-time buyers is always to try to find someone who that, who they can who can help them through the process. Whether that's mum and dad, probably, possibly not. Um, I, I, I'll, you know, if I wasn't in my role, I probably wouldn't want to give advice to my sons about what what they need to do. Yeah. But they need to find someone who can help them right through the process, not only, again, about the interest rates, but about what they need to do. Like, I've run into first home buyers who've come to me and said, oh, I'm ready to buy. I've already got approval from X. Um, and I, I said to them, okay, well, how much have you got to put towards this? They gave me the figure. How much are you looking to pay uh, for the property? They gave me the figure. And I said, well, what about your stamp duty? And they said, what are you talking about? We're first home buyers. I said, yeah, but you're buying above where you get um, where you get the stamp duty waived. So they hadn't in any way accounted for the fact that they needed to spend $20,000 on stamp duty. 
So it's really sad, and I think that is a um, it's a really valid point to raise. There's um, information like people get analysis paralysis. There's so much information yeah. that's available because we are in the world where you know uh, information is available at our fingertips effectively. A lot of buyers that we talk to even and. and it's not often that we help first home buyers, but we have helped first home buyers who just want that certainty that they're spending this huge amount of money. I mean, the whole process of purchasing um, a home or an investment, you know, it's an overwhelming experience yeah. when you don't know what you don't know. Mm. And being guided by experts, as you say, really helps them to get set up, not just to buy the right type of asset, but also to make sure that they're finance is aligned with what they're wanting to do long term as well because a lot of people just start with okay as you've mentioned let's get a loan let's go for the lowest interest rate there's not much consideration towards the structure of whether that's an interest only or a principal and interest loan there's not much consideration for what they're planning to do in life five years from that point in time but those are the conversations that need to take place before any property transaction and if they're not the conversations that anyone's having as a first-home buyer, perhaps that's the trigger to actually seek some professional advice of people that will ask the questions to, to get that sort of information from you. So obviously there's, you know, we've gone through things like the bridging, the um, first-home buyer side of it, just, just buying property in general. What are some sort of things that people should do to get ready before they, you know, do they just go and talk to you and say, you know, Stephen, I want to borrow buy a home or yeah. what do they have to do beforehand? Is there any tips yeah. on that? Look, I sort of think the, the the first thing that first home buyers probably should need to give some consideration to is what's important to them. Mm -hmm. uh, the number of people who come in, oh, I want to buy a house. Okay, well, what's important to you about that property? Where are you looking? Oh, I'm just looking everywhere. Um, I'm looking at everything. It's like, well, you know, but what's important to you? So, and when I ask that question, even whether whether they're first home buyers or they're or they're not, it's, it's I often get blank stares. Um, and like to me, it's like, well, look, do you enjoy entertaining? Yeah. Well, you need to obviously consider the kitchen, the you know, the entertaining areas. Where where are you going to do that? Do you enjoy going to the beach? Yeah. Well. Why are we looking out at Debra, for example? Um, you know, so if you if you want public transport, well, you know, don't buy it probably at Brenda. There's no not much in the way of public transport, for example. I live out that way. I'm not bagging Brenda. Um, so, but yeah, first of all, I think people people first time buyers or otherwise need to really give consideration of the things that are important to them about the property that they're buying and what their lifestyle is. And how do they want to get around and, and all of those sorts of things. So that's definitely important. From first home buyer point of view, or any lender or borrower, sorry, um, look at minimising your debt. Um, if you've got credit cards with $20,000 limits and, you can't, and you're not using them, reduce that debt uh, or that limit. Um, and the reason I say that is because every banker that out there on the market looks at um, a debt to income ratio. If you've got lots of um, credit limits that aren't getting used, doesn't matter whether they're not being used or not, we're going to look at it as if you're using 100% of that. So get yourself in a position where you are finance fit. Um, what about using the credit card? Stop using it for a while. Oh, yeah. Avoid, that, avoid yeah. that occasional cup of coffee in the morning. Or... <laughs> yeah, yeah, if, you, if you're purchasing things that are just yeah that are just 
you know, they're, they're not must-haves. If it's just you know you're just spending for the sake of spending, definitely try to reduce that spending. Um, we're going to look at your budget. You know, if you provide us a budget, we're going to look at that budget. You can't necessarily hide from that budget because uh, you know we're we're going to look at averages as well. But, see, see that, that's sorry that, that that's the thing that I don't know. I'm I'm a little bit older, so but that's the thing that we sort of grew up with. You know that that short-term pain for long-term mm-hmm. gain. Yeah. Know? Don't go and buy those little yeah. things, those little luxury things. You don't need, yeah. you know, even the even the clothes. You don't need that little yeah. tick from Nike if you don't, you know, yeah. not bagging out Nike. Yeah. But you know, you can get away with the cheaper clothes. Yeah, you, can, you can actually get away with things because if you do that little bit of hard work for a while, mm. long term wise, life's yeah. going to be a lot sweeter. Yeah. What's interesting with budgets too, though, I find is that you know most people's budget in will relate to what they're trying to achieve at the time. Mm. You know, when I was financial planning, I, we looked at it the same way. You know, if you're, if you're, you've got a big goal that you're trying to get to and you're actually, you know, intent on reaching that goal, you will adjust your, your situation to, to make sure you achieve that. Um, so, but yeah, look, definitely try to keep your budget down, get as much savings as you can put together. Um, ultimately, you know, what savings you've got there will impact whether or whether you need to have lenders mortgage insurance or not as well. And that's a whole different conversation as well when we're talking about whether you um, use that or whether you keep saving. But definitely get, get your debts down as low as you can um, and get your limits on your credit cards down as low as you can. Mm-hmm. Stop. Um, another thing for first-time buyers, a lot of them don't realise that um, afterpay and things like that, we're going to assess that as part of your debts that you currently have. So, And there's nothing wrong with using afterpay, but just be aware we're going to, we're going to uh, assess, assess that as part of it. Um, so, yeah, those sorts of things. Um the other things I sort of uh, look at is is to for first home buyers ask lots of questions. You know, don't feel don't be afraid to ask questions um, about what needs to be done and you know how does stamp duty work and how does LMI work and am I better to you know what what would be the implications of me using LMI um, to purchase a property? Ask questions to like uh, of the banker and or the mortgage broker around what are the criteria for the bank that I'm looking at because it's really interesting when you go and look at it uh, and I spoke to mortgage brokers recently that other banks have got different criteria to us when we're looking at gifts for example so some banks won't won't like you getting a gift from mum and dad towards your property a monetary uh, gift or an equity gift a monetary good yeah. gift or yeah. yeah mainly a monetary gift yeah um they don't like that idea and they may even make you hold that gift in your account for three months bank of queensland's um happy for you to accept the gift and as long as we can get a letter from mum and dad or whoever the person is giving that gift that it is a bona fide gift and not a loan um, we'll use that towards the um, towards the contribution to the property I think that's um, that's gold what you just said there every bank will have different policy yeah. around you know what they consider um, acceptable or, or not acceptable. So, you know, I think it's really important for people to understand their unique circumstances and talk to people that can provide the solutions that are unique to their specific circumstances. Stephen, you spoke about LMI insurance and then you, you spoke about whether people, um, or you, you just brushed over whether people should pay that LMI insurance to purchase a home or wait. Mm-hmm. 
um, to save up the deposit to avoid paying LMI insurance. Can you just explain when the thresholds for LMI insurance for people yeah. that may not be aware? Yeah. Uh, because that's an interesting scenario. And I guess the answer as to whether they should wait or whether they should pay it will depend on the market conditions at the time, yeah. I would imagine. Yeah. But help me yeah. understand or help the listeners understand. So lenders mortgage insurance is an insurance that basically the banks will expect you to take out if you haven't got a 20% deposit plus your costs. So your costs being your stamp duty and your, and your settlement costs. Um, as soon as you drop below that 20%, um, most banks are going to expect you to uh, take out the lender's mortgage insurance. And every bank's got different criteria, again, about um, what the maximum loan versus property value is that they'll, that they'll uh, lend for. In Bank of Queensland's case, um, for a principal place of residence, it's 95% of the value of the property, inclusive of the LMI premium in there. Yeah. Okay? So... I guess the question comes to from a lot of people, you know, should I pay this LMI? Or they'll even say to me, I don't want to, I don't want to pay LMI. And and in my mind, it, again, it comes down to structure strategy. Can you save quicker than the market's moving? Correct. Okay. So if you're sitting there with you know with ten percent deposit um, uh, plus plus the LMI premium. And you're trying to say, or you're trying to work out, do I save another 10%? If you've got a property that's worth half a million dollars, bad, bad, <laughs> bad example, but let's use it, half a million dollar property, can you save another $50,000 um, know, in short term? And by the time you've saved that $50,000, what's that half a million what's dollar worth? property worth? Mm, yeah. yeah. Uh, or do I pay LMI? Let's say the premium is fifteen thousand bucks. Do I pay that LMI premium, which is going to get added onto the loan anyway, and you're going to pay it off over the next thirty years? So if we put fifteen thousand dollars on top of your loan mm. and you're paying that off, let's say it costs you, you know, well over the next five, over the next thirty years, it's going to cost you what two hundred dollars or something. Now you, uh, and especially the way the Brisbane markets. Yeah. been and, and still currently is yeah. you know it's the way it's moving and still going ahead yeah. um values are still going up so yeah. um you know if i think if people can afford to do it and they can get into that market um, and, and if you're capable of paying additional payments anyway and if you think you are saving fairly well if you pay that premium right now well then you can pay the extra payments off the loan repayments yeah. and save yourself the interest so you know it, it's about do i wait how long do i have to wait or should I jump in now and we've and we've uh, covered that cost? So um, I know, Stephen, you and I have spoken on a number of occasions and I think the way you approach um, the work that you do and the solutions that you provide is quite unique because um, you actually go and meet people. Tell us about what you do yeah. um, in your role to, to help people. Yeah. So, look, I, I partner with a number of real estates, um, buyers, agents, obviously, uh, accountants, financial planners, um, and so I'm available to all of their customers. Um, but I, what I do that's probably a bit unique is I, I attend a lot of open homes um, with the real estate um, contacts that I've got. Um, most weekends you'll find me on, on at, a, at an open home or, or 10. Um, so I get out there and actually talk to people about what are they what are they trying to do, where are they at in their process, um, and uh, you know offer to offer to provide assistance um, 
at those at those open homes um, or after. Um, so, like where where I guess as a banker I differ as we've already covered off. It's about structure strategy for me, um, and and to just to guide that customer right through the whole process. So I do have a conversation right up front about. What have we, you know, what funds have we got available to make this purchase? Um, what are the stamp duty costs going to be? What's important to you about um, a property that you're looking to buy? Um, and have a full goals discussion with those customers as well. And that goals discussion is not necessarily just about this property or the next property. It could be about, you know, we've got we've got children. We want to, they're going to go to private schools. I've got Danny's going into high school. I've got, you know. Uh, Elizabeth's about to go into university. We want to go on an overseas trip, etc., etc., etc. So it's a full goals discussion. And as we sort of talked about earlier, there's no point in structuring a loan for the lowest interest rate. But I'm locked into this, and guess what? Danny's going to, you know, uh, he's not going to private school anymore, um, and we're not going on any holidays either. So it's around that whole holistic discussion and then I work with them to put them in touch with people that they may need to help them to achieve those goals as well. So I've had a number of people where I've sent them off to talk to financial planners or to accountants about how do we structure this property that was our principal place of residence to maximise our our deductibility in the future uh, and to help them restructure that. But I also, myself and my team, and I'm not going to say it's just me because I've got a great team behind me who help out, but the whole process is dealt with in-house. So that's collect all the information, get the application, process the application, go through all the settlement process with you as well and make sure bank accounts are set up for you. Um, and then afterwards, any any management that needs to be done of, of the process and adjustment to the process, we, we do that with you as well. Um, and we pride ourselves at, you know, with my team, that if you never want to deal with, if you never want to deal with a call center, if you never want to send a message via our online banking to someone, you'd never have to. Um, you, you've always got contact details for myself, the branch manager and the branch. So anything you need, we'll look after. So they can communicate directly. Yeah, old school. Hey? I was going to say, old I, school. <laughs> that is, see, I, I remember we used to drive into the um, into the bank and sit down and talk to the bank manager and have a chat. Exactly. So, <laughs> so um, look, I, I think that's great. And I think that's, that's the sort of service that people, you know, you're out seeing things. We're out and about on weekends as well. There's nothing better than actually seeing what the market's doing. If people want to get in touch, what's the best way for them to get in touch with you yeah. guys? Look, the best way to contact me is uh, on my mobile. It's 0448 If you can't get hold of me, you can get onto the branch. It's uh, 07 7655. We'll put that in the, the yeah. show notes as well. So now your mobile's going to be running crazy. Yeah, oh, maybe. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> What I love about what you've um, just said there, Stephen, it sounds like you're a connector. You're actually there to get the right results for people. Whether they use your services or not is not the primary objective. It really is about helping people make the right decision based on their circumstances. And I love nothing more than hearing that because um, I guess it's the same philosophy that we have in business, helping people to achieve the goals that they've set out, not just looking at the single transaction in front of them. 
And look, just the, the, the other thing I'll say, a lot of people maybe don't know about Bank of Queensland as much as, uh, you know, as much as we should be telling them. Um, we've got a great story. We've been around for like ever. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you exactly the number of years because I don't know, but we've been around for forever. Um, we're not just about home loans either. We're not just about cust- um, you know, uh, personal uh, lending and personal bank accounts. We have a whole uh, range of commercial product as well. So commercial buildings, if people are looking to uh, invest or buy into commercial buildings, we have some really great offers in there um, and equipment finance, not that that helps you guys as much, but we do all that sort of thing as well. So we're a full service bank. Um, we are a relationship bank. Um, we're not a DIY bank, which is what, you know, that's a term I sort of have for some of the lending that I see out there at the moment. Really, really low interest rates. If you love DIY and never, ever want to be able to talk to someone, that's great, yeah. um, but that you know we're we're definitely that relationship bank where we're wanting people to come in and talk to us and meet us face to face, and t- and discuss what they're trying to achieve. Yeah, look, I I, I think uh, some great some great tips you've got there, some good advice, strategy, and and look, it's similar to what we do. We yeah. we like strategy, we like helping people, and good old fashioned service. Yeah. Um, there's nothing okay. better than for me. That, that good old-fashioned service of picking up the phone and talking to someone yeah. and not being a number on a computer as well. So, yeah. um, look, been a really good chat today. Um, I think people got some really good um, tips there, obviously some good advice and um, and obviously your contact details to get in contact with you. So um, thanks very much for coming in for a chat. I will, um, I'll let Melinda wrap up and say final goodbyes and wrap things up as well. So um, thanks very much, Stephen, for coming in. Um, until next week, that's all from me. So... Thanks very much for listening and bye for now. Stephen, thank you so much for your wisdom. We really appreciate you coming on the show today. Thank you so much for having me. It's been been a pleasure. Wonderful. Look, um, if you want to get in touch with Stephen, his details will be in the show notes. Um, But as always, we hope you have enjoyed this episode and we would love for you to leave us a review and tell your friends and family about our podcast so that um, they too can benefit from the information that we share. Until next week, uh, have a good one. We will speak to you again soon. Bye for now. Thanks for tuning in today. Please remember everything we have spoken about on this podcast is general in nature and we always recommend that you obtain independent advice in relation to your specific circumstances. If you liked today's episode, don't forget to subscribe or leave us a review on iTunes and, of course, tell your friends about us. If you would like to get in contact, please visit www.brisbanepropertypodcast.com.au or email us at info at brisbanepropertypodcast.com.au. Feel free to send in any questions and we will try to answer them in future episodes.